G'day and welcome to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one weekly Australian podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. You can listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow and via podcast on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. Search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast and hit subscribe. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, leading the way with specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks, and industry advocacy for more than 45 years. Major podcast sponsor, NTI, nti.com.au. We've got a stellar lineup for you on this week's show. Mike has tracked down the bloke featured in the original Copy Southbound video, Alan Pincott. They share a few good laughs along with a serious message about heavy vehicle safety. We're thrilled to be bringing you a brand new segment starting this week titled Ask the Expert, proudly brought to you by NTI. It will be a series of interviews featuring an expert in a particular area of vital interest to everyone in the road transport industry. This week we speak with Lachlan Benson from Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds about maintaining good mental health for drivers and workers in our industry. That's coming up a little later in the show. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. We've got our on-the-road news and all the usual stuff, but first, let's get this thing rolling with some great new music from Dane Sharp. This is Dane Sharp, and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy on the Big Rig Road Show. Here's my song, Blue Skies, to keep you rolling through your day. You know I just don't get And it's easy 
sometimes to forget. I've got blue skies far as the eye can see. Got my friends and got a great family living in a land that's free. Somebody's watching over me. And I've got blue skies far as the eye can see. I got my friends and got a great family living in a land that's free. Somebody's watching over me. Ooh, somebody's watching over me. I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> G'day, this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. We've got a bit of a laugh today. I've managed to dig up the fella that was in the Copy Southbound video. Now, you've all seen it, I'm sure. Alan Pincott, his name is, and he used to work for Vic Roads. He's the fella that introduces the chef in the video. Now, here you go to Sydney tonight. Here's your bag of gear. Now, make sure you hide that at the cops, will you? By uh, midnight or so, you should have had a little fair bit of that. You'll be hooking it. Smile for f***. You'll be hooking in up to the cutter. Now, shit happens. We all understand that. You put your shades on. Now, you'll be hooking... Yeah, copies out, man. Yeah, what's it like up here? Oh, I think the just load just shifted here. Oh, copies out, man. Just uh, shut it off behind me there, mate. I think this load just shifted. And, uh, oh, I've just gone over. Right. Now, first thing you do, you get your gear, you hide it. For fuck's sake. Now, we'll, don't worry, we'll give you another another bigger bag. Now, this one won't happen. Now, you make sure you hide that in the trailer. Now, you see where you went wrong? You're hooking in, you're hooking in, you've lifted instead of holding the flat. Oh, oh, I should, oh, I should. Now, if that's the second time that's happened, chances are you'll be finding another job. <laughs> He's been gracious enough to come along and have a bit of a chat with us and obviously have a bit of a reference to that video, but we really want to talk about the message that was supposed to be in that video. I wanted to find out the story behind it. So how are you going, Helen? Excellent, Mike. All's going well. Have you got anything in the cab we need to hide, mate? Uh, mate, I was hooking it up near the car. <laughs> 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 
I still don't know who the mongrel was that made that, but very funny. I'll buy him a beer one day if he comes forward. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. As I've said to uh, several people since I said I would get hold of you for a bit of a chat, I've seen that video. It's still being used as a training video. I've seen it a couple of times, and you go there and you sit down, and it comes on, and there'll be a few titters amongst the audience, a few little laughs, and I'm like, have you seen this, mate? Have you seen it? Everyone has a bit of a laugh about it, but it's not what it was meant to be, is it, mate? Not really, but... It did work out okay. No, the, the video came about from some work we did with the forest industry about 10 years ago. turned out to be very good and had some really good outcomes and Vic Ray's got some dollars together and we put that video together. And it's actually, strangely enough, the video was really just supposed to be a promotional type video to highlight the work we were doing. And it got picked up as a training package right across the country and some of the world, which... Sometimes we look back and think, well, I wish we'd done a slightly better job on it. And one day we will do the proper job on it. It is funny, though, the copy southbound version, <laughs> uh, as funny as it is. No matter where you go, bring out that little log truck. I've still got the one out of the video and people recognise it. And mm. it actually helps out. You might turn up in the back blocks of Western Australia somewhere to talk to people. And they don't really like Victorians coming over there to tell them what to do. As soon as they <laughs> see the truck, there's a little bit of a mood breaker and we all have a good day out, which is great. So even though that video is probably not the nicest thing, I know they've used some fairly colourful language in it, but it tells people where you're going with it, though, doesn't it? That's exactly right. And look, it's good. First time I saw it, I tried not to laugh. I was with some officials at Vic Rose who didn't really like it. I'm trying to hold the tears <laughs> in. But I said, just leave it there. It's good. It gets people talking. And as I say, it's a bit of a laugh. A couple of messages in there. Please don't take on board, guys. It's not what we're trying to aim. It's the exact opposite, but it's done the job. So we don't hold the bleep flat? No, 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 don't do that. Don't go around a corner and lift a wheel and hold a flat. Things won't go well for you. That's that's the that's thing. Not a good look? Not, not a good look. But seriously, it is good to actually have a chat today. And I hope a few of the guys I've had the pleasure to work with over the years are listening because we do have a good program. And it did come around years ago after we had a heap of log truck crashes down in Victoria after some bushfires. We're trying to get a lot of wood off some mountainous areas and, you know, we had fairly bad run of crashes. And when we're actually out looking at what was going on, we started to realise a few things. During when these crashes were happening, these guys were trying to cart wood between Victoria and New South Wales. And at one stage, they'd lost about 16 trucks in six months, which was fairly horrific. And we had every enforcement agency both sides of the border basically kicking the shit out of the truckies, and it wasn't making any difference. And I've got a big background in transport. My dad was a driver, and I was investigating a lot of the crashes myself. And I was very fortunate to team up with a guy called Doug Liston out of Vic Forest at the time. And he actually got all the crash data, and we sat down together and looked at it and really started to figure out what was going on. And one of the first things that came out of it, which I already knew because I've been around transport for a long time, particularly with rollovers, the guys weren't breaking the law when they rolled over. They were high centre of gravity loads under some fairly challenging conditions, and their margin for error is just minor. And the other one we sort of really started to figure out was nobody really understood what was happening when the trucks rolled over and why. And that was including myself. We were just guessing. And I don't know if you know the story of it, but one stage we just said, stop, guys, this is getting bad. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. And we're really fortunate. I, I don't know if you've met the guys down my way, but they're just fantastic. We got them all in a room and said, look, we need to figure out what's going on here and why. And that was probably the, the flavour. The guys all said, well, if we can figure it out and why, share all our knowledge and experience. If we can figure that out, we'll figure out our own solutions. And that's pretty much what we did. And it was only by chance that I happened to be there with a laptop that I got to sort of deliver the program. 
once we figured it all out after talking to so many people, tow truck drivers, police, driver after driver and everybody, loaders, they all came forward as soon as they found out we weren't there to bang heads or actually trying to save lives. Yeah. We put a fairly rough program together and we went from 16 rollovers in six months to zero for the next six months. Right. And that was just by guys working together. I've heard that there are two groups of people down there. There's a group of people that you worked with that reduced their accident statistics and another bunch of guys that you didn't work with who didn't and the proof was in the pudding. Is that is that a true story or is that something someone's made up? Look, we don't want to sort of sound big-headed, but I will say the guys I've worked with and continued to work with, yeah, they're having some really good outcomes. I am very fortunate. About four years ago, five years ago, I was delivering the program and I was still in uniform at Big Roads. And I had a sort of mix of enforcement and education, which was working well. And just the environment at the time with the public service, they stopped funding the program. And I had to go to a lot of the industry and say, guys, it's all over. So I couldn't believe it. They actually on the spot just offered me a job and said, well, leave Vic Rose. You can do this full time for us. And it was a no brainer. I was out of there. And I was probably, when I was at Vic Rose, towards the end there, we were just feeling it was you know, compliance for the sake of compliance. And We'd lost our direction a bit with the regulator takeover and nobody really knew what was going on. Gee, you can't say that out loud, mate. Oh, no, it's just a time. They've come a long way. But at the time, it was just that changeover period. Everyone was a bit confused and a bit disheartened. Mm. Yeah, so I, I took this role on and it's been absolutely fantastic. We just keep getting that message forward. And the work we're doing, the same guys and a whole lot of other people are having input all the time. And the program just gets better and better. So who are you with now? I mean, who do you work for now? I've started my own little company, but basically most of the major forest owners in Australia have employed me. And it's a really good news story. Everything I do, they share between themselves. So if I'm working for one group and they come up with some solutions, I'll take that group to another group. And it's a whole knowledge sharing sort of setup. And the good part about it is every crash they have, I get to see. I don't need to know the names of the company. I just need to know the details behind it. So we're always looking at trends and trying to find ways to fix things. And it's the only place I know where it's a whole of industry approach. Even though they're competitors in the commercial sense, when it comes to safety, these guys all get in the same room and do everything they can. And, and it's absolute privilege to be a part of that and sort of get to coordinate in, in the background. One of my driving messages behind this show is getting to the point where we're talking about safety and guys getting home from work every week and we've all buried too many friends in this game. I know I've buried a few and yeah. it's hard going when you look at things and you think, you know, how did that happen? Because that bloke was an experienced operator and something's gone wrong there that he couldn't have known or he couldn't have predicted. And that's what you found with these rollovers, wasn't it? There was something simple like, as you say in your videos, looking for a little bit more mass on the load. So the load of drivers gone and grabbed the biggest log you can find to stick it on top and we've got the mass right. Correct. Changed it over. Well, we've just changed the load dynamic just that little bit. And then you go through that corner and the next thing you know, she's skating down the road into the scenery. And that's how it happens. Exactly. And I think what we've got to realise is, you know, I sort of come from East Gippsland area and we have all the high risk industries, you know, high centre of gravity industries. We've got our cattle, we've got our logs, our wood chips, our hay, sloshing milk, everything's sort of down here on some really challenging conditions and roads. And I think the regulators really start to understand this now with their chain of responsibility laws. And if you have a look at Chapter 1A, 26A, it says the safety of transport activities related to a heavy vehicle is the shared responsibility of everyone in the COR. And that's pretty much what we're looking at. 
And what we've got to realise is that we're in a really competitive industry out there and we need every bit of payload we can get just to stay in business. And these guys tend to operate on the outer limit of all these laws. You sort of start to think about if you're cutting logs or wood chips or hay or anything else, you need to be maximum height, maximum length, maximum width, maximum weight. It's sort of maximum legal driving hours and speed just to stay competitive. And as you said there, when you're doing that, your margin for error is just so small compared to a lot of other people. Make one little slip up and you're on your side. And that story you just told before is perfect. Everything's going well. Another contributing factor comes into it and we have a problem. We can't change the economic conditions, but all we can do is try to make the whole transport task easier by everyone working together, load of the drivers and everything else. And at the end of the day, the guys that I work with, I call them freight task managers. They're not steering wheel attendants. <laughs> it sounds a bit wanky, the term, but realistically, if they look at every freight task they do as being really, really high risk and plan that out and sort of deliver that freight task as an individual trip every time and do some trip planning and situational awareness along the way, they really have some good outcomes. And then if you get the rest of the industry in the background, trying to make their job easier, get rid of some of those outer limits, get their load heights down a bit. By whatever we can do, take a bit of pressure on them, it really takes those contributing factors away. It gives a little bit more margin up their sleeve. We'll be back for the rest of this great chat with Mike and Alan right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. No one intends any of these things to happen and we all stand around looking surprised when it does and as you say, there are genuine reasons for why these things happen. we just got to address the real questions and look at the real answers rather than some fantasy that some people like to chase. Yeah, that's exactly right. And... To find that the, uh, the real questions and the real answers, it does take everyone working together because, you know, people keep saying that I know a lot and I'm smart. I'm not. I just basically, I'm really lucky that people give me that information and I, I can piece it together. And it doesn't matter where you go, you might have 30, 40 people in the room, you talk about all this. Most of those guys will learn something, but every trip, every presentation I do, someone will be at the end to teach me something new. Yep. And then you can take that somewhere else and that's just fantastic. Well, I've found that some of the conversations I've had with people since I started doing this particular show, my learning curve has been on an upward swing as well. You know, a lot of the doors that I've had opened to me to talk to people like you, who have got very intimate knowledge of the way these things work. I mean, I've just been driving around in circles. I've been lucky. I've had that feeling in the pit of your guts when you're going into a corner and you think, oh, shit, I might have got this wrong. (laughs) Now I'm driving a truck with all the state-of-the-art gear on it, all the ABS and EBS and things like that. 
And I never, ever really thought about it. I never used to worry about things like roundabouts, for example. Mm. But, you know, I've gone into a roundabout in the tanker and just tripped it on the inside a little bit, doing about 15 kilometres an hour and the EBS locked on. What the hell's going on here, you know? And you don't even realise that you can be that close doing 15 kilometres an hour. You're not speeding. That's absolutely correct. And how do you teach people that? Until you've had that experience yourself, it's really hard to get. And that's something we really try to do, but a lot of our stuff's in the classroom. So the best way I'll find to teach people is really just have those discussions. And one of the challenges we're facing at the moment, the whole industry, is everyone's getting older. I go to a um, presentation, I'm 58, Mm. and quite often I'm one of the youngest people in the room. And there's a whole lot of experience walking out the door and we're trying to bring new people in. So try and catch up that experience and those skills to give to the next round of people. That That's one of the big secrets we need to be doing and doing it well. I just wanted to touch on an issue that's been pretty big in transport in the last little while. We're talking about particular groups of people that have been coming from overseas to drive. Mm. And I've maintained the point of view that it's not about where they've come from. It's about how they're being tested and licensed when they get here. Yep. And the problem that we're seeing now, the latest round of reviews and everything have been dragged out for another couple of years. We're screaming out for experienced, properly trained people, and yet the authorities are dragging the chain when it comes to making their mind up. Mm. And all of these things have been outsourced all the time. So we're getting driving schools who are testing their students and saying, you're good to go. And we're getting people getting MC licenses in very, very short time frames. No one seems to think this is a concern. What do you think about that? I was actually a heavy vehicle license tester at Big Roads for three years before it all got privatised. Yep. And I saw some good things and not so good things back then. But, you know, we had some good testers and some not, not so good testers. And, and you can actually pick up a lot. Sometimes the guy that's been just trained by his dad or another person in the company comes out really good. Mm. Sometimes not so good. Mm. I had the experience where I got my MC licence a few years ago and became very plain to see you know, the company I went with was very good. It's a very competitive market out there. Yeah. And if you want to pay to get taught properly, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Time and time again, we all go for the most competitive, cheapest price to do this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are some trainers out there that probably don't do it that well, but I think they're under pressure as well because if they do want to spend the extra time training, somebody's got to pay for it. And that's something we've got to realise. Let's forget about the shonky ones. The shonky ones, we've got to weed out there and there's good processes. But I think really we need more time with these guys to you know, make sure they're done right. But once again, who's going to pay for it? Maybe it's a government thing. And the the other thing, I think we need a lot more time on culture and professionalism. Yeah. I've got some really, really, really talented, skilled drivers, but their culture and professionalism leaves a lot to be desired. And what they can actually do, particularly when there's newer drivers coming in, they see these guys and they idolise them. They try to do the same things, then we start to have problems. Mm. And that's probably the big thing I would say. People are bringing up and said, how come the people you're working with, you know, you're getting these really good outcomes. You know, we've taken some companies from seven rollovers a year to four years rollover free, and I'm touching wood here, believe me. Yeah. And it's the guys, it's the culture. They're working together, they're professional drivers, they're freight task managers. A lot of it's not about skill. And when I say about a freight task manager, you don't have to be highly skilled. You've just got to keep that freight task within a safe limit, within the skills you've got and the vehicle you've got. If you're not as skilled and experienced as someone else, do it slower, do it more carefully. So while it's really important we do the right skills training and assessment, 
We're still going to get that culture right and people really, really, really need to understand what happens when trucks crash and why. And that's the starting point. And this is my moment. And that goes for everyone across the transport chains. That's the owners, the drivers, the consigners, the people in the office. Everybody needs to understand that. And once you've got that and everyone's working together for a common goal, that's where you have the really good outcomes. Get the good outcomes, certainly back it up with all the technology and everything else, but that culture and professionalism right across the industry is key. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I've advocated several times now for professional drivers to sort of have to go through some annual training, a bit of simulator time and go with an instructor. And Because yeah. we all get bad habits. There's all things that we just do. Yeah. And I think complacency is probably one of the greatest problems amongst the older fellas. <laughs> of course, yes. You know. Can't tell us anything. Oh, no, mate, I can't be told. <laughs> and the younger fellas make mistakes because they don't know any better and the older fellas make mistakes because they've stopped worrying about it. I think that's where it goes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty right. Look, I'll go back to the guys I work with. Most of our guys do refresh training every year, and we just know to keep that message alive really has some good outcomes. But every time I talk to these guys, I say, Rodio, and when we develop the next year, because we change it up every year, we get in contact and say, Rod, what do we need to talk about this year? What are the changes and trends? And I've got to say, most of them will come forward and tell you, right, we need to do a bit on this or we're having this issue at the moment. And that becomes the next program. Yeah. And when you do it that way, these guys feel like they're part of it. I'm just a person to deliver it, but it's their program. And that's, once again, you need that ownership so we get that engagement. And probably everything I do with these guys, the key at the end of it is to have everyone engaged. And the best way to get people engaged is to give them involvement and ownership of the program that they're going to be engaged in and they will be part of it because they feel good about what they're doing. And you've been around for a long time, Mike. Yep. Up until we started this thing, all the training I used to do with drivers when I was back in uniform was about the law. Yeah. How we're going to get you. Don't do this, we're going to get you. Yeah. And when we started doing this stuff for something proactive about actually targeting what was happening with crashes, it was just an absolute pleasure to walk in the room with these guys. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Well, I've got a good mate of mine who's in the highway patrol at Goulburn. He's said exactly the same thing. Yep. Yeah. So when can we look forward to another video for Full Noise to edit, mate? <laughs> well, you made a proper one or a um, another copy south there? No, a proper one would be good. Well, actually, I'm sort of starting to talk to some guys about it at the moment and maybe through the next round of National Heavy Vehicle Safety Initiative money off the regulator Mm. is to have a look there and try to put some industry-wide stuff. And our thoughts are very much about doing a generic program based on the one we've already done but much higher level and then try to put in industry-specific stuff on the side of your water carts, your milk tankers and whatever. But the generic stuff will still be the same. And the way I'd really like to do it is get the generic stuff pre-right yeah. and then you're in dangerous goods or whatever. The dangerous good people put in their own little part in that, their own little module. Yeah. And I think we get some really good outcomes doing that. We are having the discussions at the moment. That's great. And the changes in technologies and the way we can deliver this stuff is pretty good. Yeah. The only thing is I don't want to lose my classroom time because I love what I do. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we can get old mate Full Noise to help you out with the edit, mate. <laughs> that might be the case. <laughs> I really do appreciate your expertise. How can people get in contact with you so they can get some of your training? Generally, don't advertise too much. Probably just the best way. I'll give you my email address, yep. which is just acpincott, that's A-C-P-I-N-C-O-T-T at gmail.com. Or give me a ring on 0447 473 792. And that's just the easiest way. Or just look up on LinkedIn, you'll find me there or the Facebook page. And I'll just have one little shout-out before I go. Go for it. All the guys I work with, 
haven't seen for a while due to COVID. You've been doing a great job. I've been following you on Facebook and it's probably a whole other conversation how whole groups of people in some areas have taken on the message we're doing and just taken to the next level yep. and had some good outcomes. So once again, I don't want to take the credit for all this stuff. It's the industry that's helped me out. Yep. It's an industry program. So hats off to you guys. Be proud of what you've done and you drivers that are listening that have had part of it. It's really appreciated. Between us all, I reckon we saved a heap of lives. So that's worth it for the whole industry. Thanks for coming on the show and spending some time with us. No worries, Mike. Take care of yourself and I'll see you on the road. Thanks, Mike. Stay with us now. Coming up next, our brand new Ask the Expert segment, looking at the state of mental health in our transport industry. When it comes to road transport, safety is everything. Seeing Machines Guardian minimises the risk of fatigue and distraction for drivers and provides real-time monitoring centre analysis and appropriate intervention. Already trusted by more than 400 of the safest road transport businesses around the world, find out how Seeing Machines Guardian can safeguard your fleet, your valuable cargo and most importantly, your drivers. Visit www.seeingmachines.com Hey everybody, Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rigs Roadshow. And when that's done, pop over to Trucking With Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. It's time for Ask the Expert, proudly brought to you by NTI. Hi, Farrah from NTI here. As an organisation, the mental health and wellbeing of our staff, customers, industry and community is something we take seriously and have done for many years. That's why NTI have chosen to be a top tier open road partner of Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds. This week, you'll hear from Lachlan Benson, CEO of Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds, speak about some of the challenges our truckies face out on the road, especially in the lead up to Christmas and how we can help. Good morning, Lachlan, and thanks for joining us as our very first guest on Ask the Expert. Yeah, good morning. Thanks very much for that, Andy. Really great to be here. Thanks to NTI, who are our top-tier sponsor of the Healthy Heads Foundation. They're what we term an open road sponsor, which is our highest level of sponsorship, and they've been our founding and major backer to date in delivering this initiative. So thanks very much to NTI for the invitation to be here today. Yeah, it's a great partnership. Oh, it's a fantastic partnership and we couldn't have done that without them and their entire team from the CEO down. Now, just before we get started, I was quite stunned when I read on the Healthy Heads website the following statistics and I'd like to just read a few of them through, if I may. 44.8% of workers in the transport industry experience some kind of mental health condition. 38.2% of those workers said that their workplace caused the condition or made it worse. In 2017-2018, mental health was the second highest disability claim. Truck drivers are less likely to access mental health services than others, and drivers with depression are seven times more likely to have been in a crash. That's pretty sobering stuff, Lachlan. Yeah, frightening statistics, isn't it, Andy? Yeah. Absolutely frightening. The reality is, as a sector in Australia, we have been ranked the lowest by the Superfriend annual survey into thriving workplaces in Australia by a considerable way. Yeah. And I think when you start to look at some of those statistics that you just ran through, nearly one in two workers in the sector will experience a mental health condition at some point. That's quite sobering. 
when you think that, you know, typically in Australia, people talk about one in five people will have a mental health condition, which is scary enough in itself. Mm. But in this sector, it's one in two. And look, the reality of that is that this sector has significantly high risk factors. Yeah. Long hours, shift work, trauma and critical incidents, financial pressure, contract work, fatigue, social isolation and social disconnection, being on the road away from families. And that's before you get into sort of, you know, what I would sort of term more everyday ills, such as sort of gambling and substance abuse. So, Lachlan, who exactly is Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds? I'll start at the very beginning and just say, look, we, you know, Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds is a not-for-profit foundation charity. Mm -hmm. We have been set up to deliver a single national mental health plan for the road transport and logistics industries. The objects of the foundation, if you like, our constitutional objectives are to promote the prevention and control of mental health issues in truck drivers, distribution centre and warehouse staff and other road industry participants, as well as to support healthier options around diet, exercise and individual wellbeing. And so what we're aspiring to be is the overarching umbrella body for the road transport logistics industry for mental health through the facilitation and creation of this single national mental health plan. Brilliant. This has not happened overnight. This has been a considerable amount of effort delivered by a number of parties. And I mentioned those words before, industry for industry solution. And this is what this is very much about. This is about the people in industry stepping up to say, as a group, as a sector, as a community, we need to do something about this problem because it is endemic across our sector. And so the founding members of Healthy Heads, Lynn Fox, Toll, Cube, Woolworths, Coles, Australia Post, backed by a number of major industry organisations such as Australian Logistics Council, Australian Trucking Association, but also with people, as we mentioned before, like our top tier open road sponsor, NTI, these groups have come together to tackle this issue for the benefit of the whole sector. And so the chair of Healthy Heads is Paul Graham, who's the managing director of Primary Connect, chief supply chain officer for the Woolworths Group. He is someone who's very passionate about mental health not just across his own company, but across the sector, the whole industry. Mm. And he, over the last two years, has brought this group together to work through, if you like, as initially a working group and then sort of moving into a steering committee to now to deliver a standalone foundation today. This time of year can be difficult for many people. What are some of the challenges you're seeing within the transport industry that may have an impact on workers' mental health? I wouldn't be a surprise to you to say that this year has been particularly challenging all round for everyone before we even get to Christmas. Yeah. And I think, you know, at a time when a lot of sections of the economy were shut down or they were shutting down as a result of COVID-19, we were actually asking truck drivers and logistics workers to front up day in, day out. And in fact, in certain sectors, when there was sort of panic buying and the like, we were putting increased stress on those workers. It was almost like it was Christmas Day every day. Mm. So... When we talk about getting to Christmas now, I think for some sectors, you know, particularly people like Australia Post, their work, is, it's been Christmas Day every day, just given the whole sort of volume of freight that's been moved during this period. Yeah. So before we even arrive at Christmas, there is a high level of stress and pressure on those supply chains and, and people are undoubtedly tired. But look, as we move into what we term the traditional peak for the freight sector, it's obviously a tough time for drivers out on the road because, you know, Christmas is a time for family. And these guys, you know, may feel isolated or social dislocation, being away from their families. There's equally a lot of pressure around, around deadlines to get stock into stores, product to customers and the like before the Christmas shutdown. Mm. So again, there's that heightened sense of that. 
And then obviously, certainly, you know, in the retail logistics supply chain, they've been spending months preparing for this sort of period upcoming in terms of how they manage just the sheer volume of deliveries. But look, all of these things contribute to stress, if you like. You can break it down to very simple components. The way that a driver interfaces with a gatehouse, for argument's sake, in a warehouse or a distribution centre, that may be their only sort of sole point of contact with a human being during the day. Yeah. Because otherwise they're out on the road. And so that experience really shapes how their day goes. Are they treated well? Are they looked after? Are they provided with somewhere to go in terms of amenities? Have a coffee in the break, even a shower? Mm. Are they turned around in an efficient manner and get back on the road in a good time to make it home? Yeah. So look, all of those things are simple things, but they make a great deal of difference in terms of how you do stress someone's working day. You do sort of have the added complication, which we've had of late around the border issues, because there obviously is different border issues in each state and rules and regulations around that. And often for the freight guys, there would be undoubtedly some extra pressure around obviously having to get a test to cross the border, waiting to cross the border. And then the question is saying, well, am I going to be able to get back home? Yeah. Those elements are also at play during this period. For sure. Well, we all know there's no quick and easy fix to mental health issues, but can you share with us any tips you might be able to suggest for maintaining better mental health? I'll start with the bare basics before we get into those tips. And I think one of the things to be very clear, the foundation is going to be built on is three key pillars and objectives. The number one is training, and that's about increasing the number of people trained as mental health first aiders in transport logistics facilities. Because really, not only does that have the benefit of actually raising awareness around the importance of mental health in transport logistics facilities, but it also means for those people accessing those facilities, if you have a problem, there's someone there who's trained to help you. If you have a problem, you can stick your hand up. But equally, there's someone there who's trained to recognise someone with a problem. Mm. So the first thing we've actually got to do is acknowledge that there is an issue and we actually need to increase awareness around this and train people to support people. The second one look, goes a little bit to the point I was talking around, which is standards. We need to look in our own sector about how we standardise policies and regulation across transport logistics facilities to de-stress the working environment. At the moment, wherever you go, even within the same company, you know the induction processes are different depending on where you are. And the rules and procedures of how you operate in and out of a site are different. Mm -hmm. This all adds stress to someone's working day, particularly if they've been driving for seven or eight hours and they turn up somewhere and they've bought the wrong paperwork. Yeah, These are simple things. And then the wellness piece, Look, obviously, the food options that are associated with long-distance road travel or industrial precincts for warehouses and DCs aren't known to be the healthiest choices. Mm. And so what we need to do is encourage people during this period to eat healthier and to drink water rather than sugary drinks and the like, because really, if we can improve people's physical well-being, we'll improve their mental health and well-being. Yeah. You raise an important point around what people can do to try and look after themselves just quick and simple, easy tips. There's a range of things that people can do. The first thing is actually just give yourself a break. Try and simply just be kind to yourself. Cut yourself a little slack, yeah. Yeah, being kind to yourself can reduce stress levels. Remind yourself that there's no right or wrong reaction to what's happening right now. Mm. And I think, look, you know, across the Christmas period, look, it's important to try and connect with others. Like, Physical distancing is obviously crucial right now, but social connection is more important than ever. So mm. talk to your loved ones and share how you're feeling and invite others to share with you. Yeah. Stay active. There's no doubt the science is all there. Exercise increases well-being and helps reduce symptoms of common mental health concerns. So even if it's just taking a walk with the dog or the kids, 
just get yourself out and about and do a little bit of exercise. Mm. We've talked about it before, eating well. Nutritious diet is great for your physical and mental health. Try and include healthy food options in your diet, particularly for those people who are on the road or working shift work in warehouses during this busy period. Think about those healthy options. And look, another great one to do is just do something you enjoy. Yeah. Do something that makes you feel physically and emotionally comfortable and try and do the things that you enjoy as much as possible. But that's all. Yeah. And you talk there about talking with your loved ones and support from family, friends and colleagues and employers is always so important. What can we all be doing to better support our drivers and indeed all workers within the industry, particularly at this time of year? Great comment. And I think it's an interesting situation in Australia where typically the reaction to seeing a heavy vehicle is, you know, oh, I don't like that truck on the road or things like that. But the reality is that everything we have in our lives from TVs to food, all of that was delivered by trucks and logistics workers. Mm. Just remember that. Look at those people with newfound respect because these are the guys that are actually keeping our economy going. They're keeping the nation running by delivering us with all the essential supplies. So let's treat these people with respect. Let's also recognise that these guys have important jobs to do, but often tough jobs with long hours and long driving, you know, fatigue, isolation, all of those things. So let's also try and be kind to those guys when we see them as well. Give them a friendly wave. Absolutely. That would be something that would be greatly appreciated by people in industry. And it doesn't take a lot of effort, does it? It doesn't take a lot of effort at all. There are everyday people like you and I, hard workers doing a really important job trying to take care of themselves as well. So I think it'd just be great to recognise you know, the enormous contribution the road transport industry and logistics sectors make to this economy and to treat those workers with respect and also recognise that saying hello to them or saying g'day might be something that would really make their day. Yeah. The next time you stop off you know, on your Christmas holidays when you're on the road and you're stopping off at a fuel stop or a roadhouse or like, and you see a truck driver sitting down having his break, say good day. Mm. Wish them a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Lachlan, if our listeners would like to reach out to Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds, either for support or to find out how they can become involved, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, look, the best way is through our website, healthyheads.org.au. They will find a whole load of resources on our website around mental health and physical wellbeing and a number of really useful connections and tips for this period. But it would be fantastic for people to be getting involved in the foundation. We're particularly looking for people from across industry, from transport operators to you know, warehouse and shed operators, logistics providers, to get involved in the foundation as an industry partner. Mm. I've used the expression before in this interview, you know, this is an industry for industry solution. Undoubtedly, Healthy Heads is about the top end of town coming together to try and solve this crucial problem. But we're trying to do it on behalf of the whole industry. Yeah. And this is something that we want everyone to be involved in. Mm. The Healthy Heads Foundation Board, no one has a constitutional right to a seat there. This is open to everyone and we are doing this for everyone. And so, look, one of the challenges we've had across the sector is that, typically speaking, the companies that are tackling mental health well in the transport logistics sector are at the bigger end of town because they've got the resources and people to do it. Where the challenge is, is typically in those, what I call the tail of the industry, where the bulk of the industry sits around those sort of small to medium operators right through to the owner drivers. Mm. And so we are setting up this foundation and delivering these benefits for everyone. We don't want any barriers or impediments to getting access to the help that we're providing. And certainly next year, we are looking to launch that single national blueprint for mental health in the sector, along with a national framework being best practice standards for looking after your mental health 
and that would be equally applied to someone who's an owner driver right through to a large company. So we are trying to make all these resources available to everyone and to get everyone involved. So if you care about mental health and the well-being of your employees or your co-workers or your colleagues or even just yourself, I'd encourage you to get involved in the foundation for literally only a small contribution to get recognised as a partner of the foundation. Absolutely. Our special guest in the hot seat this week in Ask the Expert has been Lachlan Benson, the interim CEO of Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds. Lachlan, many thanks for taking the time to share your valuable knowledge and insight with us today. Thanks very much, Andy. It's been a great chat. And look, once again, I'd just like to thank everyone who's been involved in our story to date. There's a whole host of people that particularly acknowledge NTI as our top-tier open road sponsor who really have contributed early to making this foundation such a success. So thanks to them for the invitation today. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Andy. For more than 70 years, the name Pearlcraft has been synonymous with handmade pearl and marble finished steering wheels and gear shift knobs. Each and every Pearlcraft product is 100% handcrafted, keeping true to their motto of always work with pride, let quality be your guide. They can transform and enhance your current steering wheel or create a whole new wheel designed to suit your rig. Visit the Pearlcraft website at www.pearlcraft.com.au for more information about the complete range of Pearlcraft products and services. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Happy Friday, Mike. How's the week treated you? Mate, I've been up and down. I've been down on Sesame Street. Sesame Street? <laughs> Sesame Street, the Yamaha Highway, mate. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Hey, listen, that wasn't you I saw hooking up through the cutter the other day, was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, might have been, mate. I've been down there a couple of times this week. Might uh, have been. <laughs> well, we've got a lot to get through, and as usual, so little time, so let's hook in, eh? Yeah. Mate, earlier this year, the Fair Work Commission decreed that minimum wage rates would rise by 1.75%, and for transport businesses, this came into effect on November 1st, I believe. They sure did, and... The awards that are covered by this are the Road Transport Distribution Award, the Road Transport Long Distance Operations Award, FERC's Manufacturing Associated Industries, a miscellaneous award, the Waste Management Award, and the Passenger Vehicle Transportation Award. So check and see if you're under one of those awards. And there are other differences for whether you're paid by the week and paid by the fortnight and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. The short story of it is these pay rises are all due to come. And just a reminder for guys to just check their pay packet and check their award. If you're under an EBA, it might be a bit different, but uh, look at your own situation and maybe you'll get a few more bucks in the pocket buying extra beer on a Friday night, mate. With a bit of luck. Meanwhile, mate, up in Queensland, Kanto Territory and uh, go the Blues, Survey works for future upgrades along the Cunningham Highway expected to create long delays for drivers from now through to December 10th. They are. There's going to be a couple of separate stoppages there through Cunningham's Gap and guys are encouraged to check the timings. Read the article. It's all there in the article for you to read on Big Bigs. But the most important thing is the wide load restrictions that are going to be through there between the hours of 6am and 6pm at night. So various size problems there. Check your permits because apparently they're not going to let you through. That's the most important thing to take home out of that. Happy days. Mm. And a truck-friendly caravanner is calling for clearer signage to help stamp out the ongoing issue of misuse in truckies' rest areas. Forgive me if I laugh, mate. I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. There are truck clear signs. There are signs saying truck parking area, caravan parking area, car parking area, all over the place. Most of these places are adequately signed already. Mm. 
what's not adequately signed is the sign that says you must share the parking base. There's plenty of video on big rigs and other places. You, know, you can see guys driving through that parking bays like Arawara and all that sort of stuff. It's been a problem for a long, long time. Queensland is starting to address it now with fines in parking areas. We really should see some more development on that because, after all, we do have to stop for mandated breaks and that's the way of it. Yeah. On a subject fairly close to your heart, I know, we've talked a bit recently about inadequate driver licensing standards in Australia and it seems we'll be waiting another couple of years before any real action is going to be taken. Indeed, mate. Oz roads are dragging the chain again. There's no real excuse for this. My friend James wrote a great piece on that and I'd encourage people to step through and have a bit of a read of that. It just seems to me that every time something like this comes up, it gets shoved into the too hard basket. We're talking about another couple of years. The problems are as plain as the nose on your face. Mm. I can't understand why there's been a problem with this. I would encourage people to email Glenn Stirl, a Labor senator in Parliament at the moment, and uh, tell him of your concerns because he's out there and he's ready to kick ass. Yeah. I've spoken to him a couple of times on this subject, and you know he really does need a voice from the truckies I know the NHVR have been into it as well, but there's a problem, and the problem is Osrose at the moment. Yeah. And in WA, Mike, uh, Truckee reckons it's only a matter of time before he witnesses a tragedy along the notorious stretch of highway between Northampton and Geraldton. Yeah, mate, there's a pretty startling video up there at the moment. Mm. A fella there in a sort of a grey SUV, and you can see cars darting off the side of the road, and this bloke's got on the brakes fairly hard to try and help out the situation. I've had this situation myself on the New England. Yeah. People are impatient and unfortunately they don't seem to realise that we are speed limited and they don't seem to realise that we're not driving sports cars and uh, this sort of thing is going to happen and there are tragedies. I feel sorry for this guy because that was bloody close and I know the stress that it causes drivers. Mm. We're driving along, we're being held back, there's someone in front of us going a little bit slower or something like that. You look in the mirror and there's some clown ducking out to have a look. And they get impatient and we can't do anything about it. They have a go and, and ultimately end up seeing what's happening on this video here. So go and have a look at the video. It's worth a look. Yeah. Finally, Mike, the NHVR have approved the first electronic work diaries to come into use from December 1st. They sure have. Now, this is something that's been going to happen for a while. I wrote about this in February last year, uh, talking about the electronic work diaries. And I said then that these were coming. You know, God, I hate it when I'm right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the problem is, mate, that these things, no, they're fine. I've been working on an electronic work diary for a couple of years now. And go and search the uh, archives of Big Rigs and my article will come up. And I talk about the motivations for why people do things. I believe it's also in my Senate submission, which is on our webpage. The thing about this is they're a good thing, but they have to change fundamentally the way you work. And, you know, you won't be able to get to that roadhouse that you like to go to. You won't be able to sit and stop and have a cup of coffee with your old mate for 10 minutes because you've just got to work to the book. Mm. Now, the experience in America is that electronic work diaries have caused a fair bit of pain. And the reason why they caused a fair bit of pain is because America wasn't ready for them. And neither are we. Mm. We don't have the infrastructure in place. We don't have the rest areas for guys to stop. We don't have a lot of things that we need to have. Now, I applaud the EWD idea. Teletrack Navman have done a fantastic job. I run a Teletrack Navman. I know all about the whole, how the thing works. And because I know how the thing works, I can see straight away what the problems are going to be for guys that aren't like me that are being paid by the hour. Guys that are on trip money are going to push it to the ragged edge all the time. And then the propensity for silly decisions goes up. The closer they get to running out of time, the more they're stuck in traffic, the more they're held up by roadworks, the more they're held up by weather. 
the whole thing's counterintuitive. It makes people make bad decisions because they know that when the authorities look at what's going on on that logbook, there will be a ticket at the end of it. Yeah. And what man in his right mind wants to spend half his pay when he's got his missus at home, the kids have got to go to school and have a roof over their head and the bills have got to be paid. You know, He's going to do whatever he needs to do to avoid that ticket. And that's the problem. Mm. All right, mate. Now, that pretty much runs us out of time. But just very quickly, I believe there's a nice, shiny, sparkling new Pearlcraft <laughs> steering wheel in your truck. Mate, there is. And again, of as well, I'll tell you what, it's a thing of beauty. It is a work of art. Pat and Sam have done a magnificent job of this thing. I've always wanted something this nice in the truck. And I'm proud to have it. I'm proud to have their support for the show. Oh, mate, I saw the photos on Twitter. You'd be needing to wear your sunglasses. Bright. <laughs> Let's put it this way, mate. I've had my hand on the knob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving right along. Time to pull up stumps. The gear knob, mate. The gear knob. <laughs> Have a great weekend. We'll catch up again next week. Take it easy up through the cutter, all right? Thanks, buddy. See ya. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Well, that brings us to the end of another On The Road show. We hope you enjoyed it. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, leading the way with specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks, and industry advocacy for more than 45 years. For all your transport insurance needs, visit the website at nti.com.au. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the podcast, offer suggestions, or just let us know what's on your mind, send us an email to mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week for the next episode On The Road. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to freedom of speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions.